Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. Connection Podcast listeners, welcome back to this extreme menage of 12 violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Throwaway Dance Podcast. I am JT. Joining me as always are my hardcore teammates on this podcast, Jenny and Matt. How are you guys doing? Feeling uh, fully blooded Italian. Mm. Hardcore. Feeling uh, both hardcore and heavenly, which is fitting, given <laughs> what we're going to be talking about. It is a hardcore heaven, isn't it? Mm. That's what mm. I've heard. I've never been, but well, we're about and to experience. You never this. will, Matt. Of course, I'm gonna live forever, just like Jim <laughs> no, Morrison. No, you're going to hell. So I'm in. Oh, I see. That's or where you're going with that. I understand. It's rough. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, he knows already. Mm. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about Revelation or the end of the world. <laughs> oh, we're not. The afterlife. We're here to talk hardcore heaven. 1996. We covered the build on our last episode. We got some big matches lined up, some big potential storylines in place. We got polar bears. We got lots going on. <laughs> We're going to dive into tonight. And we start the night with Joel Gertner tries to get the show started, but out comes Sandman and just canes him. Uh, the crowd is fucking bananas. He chugs a beer. He canes Gertner some more. And out comes Bob Ortiz with Missy Hyatt, who's in a dress. The fans are chanting for old Bob. Sandman says he can do a job like Gertner, or he can do the job he used to do, and he has Missy kiss him, and they head off. So, uh, our old friend Bob Ortiz, back as the ring announcer, taking Joel Gertner's job, I guess. That gets us started. So, usual Sandman in the, in the heater spot to open us up, get the crowd lathered up out here, beating people up. Poor Joel, what did he ever do? He uh-huh. said, he called Muay Thai Muay Thai. That's right. <laughs> That's Deserve right. to die. Deserve yeah. to be slaughtered. <laughs> All right, we have a very big opener on tap here as Mikey Whipwreck takes on Shane Douglas. This might be the biggest opening match we've ever had on one of these shows. Usually mm-hmm. they do a slow build up the card, but uh, we are right into it here tonight. So out comes Shane, no TV title, not the top contender, 
in a pretty fresh match, honestly. We haven't really seen these two guys cross paths, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. Shane stalls a bit to argue with the fans as we get rolling. Douglas buries a back elbow on Mick- Mikey off a whip. He gets going, stomping away. Mikey makes a quick comeback, chucks Shane around the ring to the floor. Shane is back, takes control as the crowd is just riding him. Shane is a nice corkscrew vertical suplex, works the back and twists into a clover leaf. Mikey forces the rope break. Shane chop blocks Mikey and Joey says, Mongo who? Shane keeps battering the knee, but Mikey yanks him to the floor, follows and dumps him to the front row. Mikey heads in at the top rope springboard moonsault onto Douglas, which just looked great. Mikey keeps pouring it on on the floor. Poor Shane's back is just filthy. That floor is gross tonight. <laughs> it's covered in grime. Mikey gets a, shing- a slingshot neck snap for two. Joey says, this is Mikey's building, and he's the king of this ring. Of course, a joke at the uh, King of the Ring tournament, which is ongoing. Shane catches Mikey with a shot and then hooks a figure four. Mikey breaks out of it, lands a headbutt, gets a figure four, but Shane just slugs the ref and finagles with his boot. The ref wakes up and doesn't DQ Shane, who's soaked with sweat and tells the fans to shut up. Mikey keeps chopping Shane as the crowd woos in a pretty cool moment. Mikey finally releases and heads up top, and it's a missile dropkick for a good near fall. Mikey DDT Shane for two, but Shane comes right back with a belly-to-belly for a hard-fought win. I thought this was very good. A classic clean match till the sharp story. Had some good, fun crowd interactions. Just some pure wrestling with a couple of high spots. And the figure four stuff was good, too. I thought both guys look strong here, Matt. Three stars and a nice, solid opener to the night. I would agree. Two and three quarter for me. Uh, A far cry from the normal LPR versus Wrestler X match we've become used to (laughs) over the past uh, couple of months here. Uh, Mikey's selling is just so good, like really throughout this entire match. And the crowd was molten hot for a massive match to kick off the show. Uh, Shane, I don't know if this came off with you guys, but it felt to me like Shane was ultra pissed during this match. Like Mm -hmm. he, he made everything look like it hurt more. And I, I think it's smart for them to put Mikey in there with him for to get over this, you know, uber pissed off Shane character because he lost the TV title. Because, again, I've been saying it nonstop that Mikey knows how to take a beating and make it look incredible. So, uh, yeah, just a really great back and forth match. There was that one uh, spot where Mikey dives into the crowd, looked nasty, landed on a bunch of chairs, looked like he uh, didn't have the best landing there. But. Yeah, just a good, solid wrestling match. Uh, real fun stuff. Great way to kick off the show. Two and three quarter for me. Hmm, that's an interesting rating. Um, this is sort of a low-key Jenny Dream match. Uh, <laughs> kind of going out of nowhere. And yeah, Mikey knows how to lose, I guess, <laughs> is what you mean. But... Th- he also knows how to win, and he looks good winning as well. So it's like, I feel like it's sort of a cop-out to be like, let Mikey fucking lose all these fucking matches um, because he's really good at it. I mean, like, yeah, but he was a great champion as well. So um, let's not forget that. I feel mm-hmm. like it's starting to be forgotten, and I'm not going to stand for that shit. Um, but they really do work each other over, and the crowd loves them some Mikey and hates them some Shane. So, I mean, they, they're all in on this, as am I. I love the figure four um, trade-off. But why was he not DQ'd? Is that, I mean... I mean, the rules are pretty loose here, I guess, but... Yeah. It, it's one like of things it with the ref is just like... like a Dudley's match. <laughs> I guess maybe the ref was just like, wanted to give Mikey a shot to beat it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Joey tried to sell it that way. Um, which he did a good job at, but still... I was, 
It's almost like you don't want to bail Douglas out, which is something yeah. you see more like in title matches where the champion tries to get DQ'd versus anything else. But yeah, I think it was more like you're not getting out the easy way. Right. Shane. Which I, I, I guess is good, but also inconsistent, which is fine. Um, I like the callback on the Texas Cloverleaf because um, that's how he beat Mikey and in that other uh, match that we talked about briefly last week. But um yeah, I don't care for the Mikey losing streak, but I do like this match. And you're right, lots of emotion from Shane, which is good um, because he's very good when he's pissed off. So I went three and one quarter stars. Okay, very good. Strong opener either way, for sure. All right, Joey's in the ring and the crowd is molten. He brings out Baron Von Stevie, Blue Dust, and Patricia. <laughs> Baron Stevie marches out with a claw hand as Blue Dust saunters out behind Patricia, who's smoking a cigar. Joey says if he wanted to be in the circus, he would stay home in Stanford. And says, Stevie, better have something big here. Blue Dust is on his knees. He shimmies in front of Patricia and Joey. Uh, and Joey says he resembles Dusty more than his own son does. <laughs> Stevie has a bald cap that keeps coming off as he's ramping up. Uh, Blue Dust crawls on the mat. Stevie says they're here to announce that Raven will be bringing out the disgusting, dirty, slimy woman uh, that society and Stevie have found for him. Blue Dust says that Raven stated he wasn't feminine enough, but he's here to show everyone how feminine he can be. And he drops on his knees in front of Joey. Joey runs away, but Stevie grabs him with a claw, and Joey easily breaks it. Just walks away. <laughs> uh, the crowd is all in on this. Stevie rides Blue Dust like a horse as he crawls out of the arena. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, these guys. And, and Patricia in the mix as well. Uh, what, Jenny, what do you think of this opening segment? <laughs> Joey. Joey. Oh, God, I love him so much. He's just like, oh, this takes the cake. He's like, really? <laughs> Is this what we're doing? <laughs> but Meanie fucking goes for it. I love Meanie's heart in this whole segment. He's like writhing on the floor. Um you know, like just touching Joey and Joey's reactions is so good. With Stevie doing his thing, being hilarious as well with this. Um, great value, Marlene over here. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was it was fucking funny. I I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I I'm kind of into blue dust. I'm not gonna lie, Matt. Yeah, uh, this was the hardest I have laughed watching a wrestling thing in a very long time. <laughs> this this had me dying between, you know, Stevie just continually losing the ball cap. Uh, Meanie just slithering around the ring and he's going to blow Styles and then Styles reaction is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and then he, he goes to put the claw on Joey and then he just swats his hand away. <laughs> Oh, God, it was so good. Uh, yeah, give me more of this. Uh, I'll take a full three-hour show of this, please. Thank you. <laughs> it's definitely good stuff. Um, for sure. <sighs> God. Uh, the horse the horse riding is... <laughs> the horse, yeah. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> That's definitely what, uh, what did it. All right. Uh, our next match... Also brings us to the Italian lesson of the week. Tonight's word, if you choose to accept it as such, is bot. 
pasta? That's just pasta with a B. Pasta. Pasta. Boston? It means, it means enough. Enough. That's it. <laughs> a fungal basta. 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 cone. Basta with the donuts. <laughs> basta with the word of the week. <laughs> Can I hear you use it in a better sentence? <laughs> Basta was <with> some pasta. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bust. You got a Basta near Boston. <laughs> <laughs> what made you pick that word? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Just mixing it up. <laughs> I told you I have a benefactor that helps me with the words. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. If it's the Italian lesson of the week, that means it's time for the FBI as they take on the Dudley Boys yet again. Joey's gushing over the FBI's themes. They strut out in matching red tights. Just an amazing looking duo right now. JT grabs a mic and chats and says he has another Goomba on the back. And Joey says he hopes it isn't him. JT officially <laughs> brings out our old friend Salvatore Balombo. I popped so hard. <laughs> Did you expect Salvatore to ever return? It was so genius. I'm like, of course it's Sal. Of course it is. Yeah, Sal is uh, pre for sure. Mm -hmm. But here Mm -hmm. he comes. Salvatore's out. Uh, Joey refreshes on who Balomo is. The the crowd chants, you fat fuck at this poor guy. (laughs) Sal speaks Italian. He shits on the fans. The Dudleys come out. Sign guy's now in a leg brace. (laughs) It's so different uh, with all these guys. Using a crutch, he's followed by Chubby and DW, who's fully recovered. Bubba and Dick march behind them. Bubba seems thrilled that Dick is here. Just a fucking scene in the ring right now. There's all sorts of mayhem. Ortiz is a little rusty. He calls him W.D. Dudley. Nice and slick. Bubba talks shit. Beat his missing. ass, Sandman. <laughs> Fuck you. Bring back Gertner. What are you doing? Devon, uh, Bubba talks shit to the missing Devon about Dick being back and then does his shtick and gets a yo mama in on JT and smacks him in the face. He celebrates saying his name and then he gets more shit on more shit on Devon. Bubba jumps the FBI during a series of splashes on Guido as Dick detains JT with massive punches. Bubba buries Guido with an avalanche as JT's getting smothered. Bubba hits a slingshot. Gord Buster stands on Guido's balls. Dick murders JT with a clothesline and then Bubba smashes him with a chair. Guido bails out, pulls JT with him. They start to head out, but Bubba dives off the apron onto them and collides with the railing. Bubba battles back and leans um, excuse me, leans outside as Dick pitches in as well. The FBI crawl back in as Bubba has hat guy, uh, the fan's hat on. He keeps smacking away. FBI are trying here, but it's real tough sledding against the Dudleys. Dick shrugs off the FBI's attack and mashes him with a double choke slam. Press slams Guido through a table on the floor. Balomo grabs a chair and takes out Chubby, DW, and Sangai, but Dick just no-sells the shots and runs Sal into the railing. Dick hoists Sal up with ease and carries him to the back like a baby. The FBI double up, and JT hits a nice somersault leg drop off the top for two. Devon now shows up with his luggage through the crowd and starts beating on the FBI. Devon grabs a chair and draws the DQ, as always, after unloading some chair shots. Mm-hmm. Devon grabs a mic and calls Bubba an idiot for not waiting for him. The others try and talk Devon down, but instead he berates Bubba, says, fuck Big Dick, he ain't here, and that he always has to bail out Bubba. Devon then smacks Bubba with a chair and keeps bullying him. 
Bubba tries to get up, but Devon cuts him off and uses the chair again, taking out DW and Chubby as well. Devon finally leaves through the crowd as Dick returns, and Joey says they're never together. Devon drives off in the back just as Dick misses grabbing him and stopping the car. Uh, I thought this is pretty good. This is the best of their bunch, honestly. Some good brawling, some heat, some chaos. FBI is gelling well. They have some good offense here and hope they can keep developing as a team. The Dudley family drama rolls on as Devon is just an uncomfortable maniac on a big collision course with Dick. So Jenny went two and a quarter. Again, I thought this is the most entertaining and any kind of best match overall we've seen of these guys. Yeah, because Sal. I mean, I feel like Sal's the game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, and friggin' uh, Big Dick, he takes JT's head off with a freaking clothesline at one point, and JT just spins in the air. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he, he's insane. Like, they're all, like, it's chaos and messy and stuff, but, I mean, it, I would, I, it's in line, I feel like, with what they've done, but I do like the addition of Sal a lot, and Big Dick looks like he's happy to be back, because um, we haven't seen him really do, like, this kind of stuff right. in a little bit. Um, so, uh, and then of course the chair shots look really sick. And then I popped when he said, fuck big dick. Um, two stars, Matt. Yeah, I'm at two stars with this as well. Uh, very similar to the other Dudley's FBI matches, I think. Uh, I thought it was very interesting that we got the return of uh, Italian Hagrid, a.k.a. Uh, Sal Malomo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I must say I wasn't expecting that, but, uh, you awesome. know, hopefully hopefully he can add a, a, a new wrinkle to this uh, never-ending Dudley's FBI feud. Um, W.D. Dudley, I, I think that's what they used <laughs> in uh, Dudleyville to lubricate shit, I think. <laughs> but, like... Oh boy, you can tell this announcer has been off for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. It was just very similar to all the other matches, and uh, uh, the Devon stuff uh, continues to be uh, rather disgusting, and uh, the chair shots and very uncomfortable. So uh, very, yeah. You know, we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, very similar to the other matches that they've had. Two stars. What did y'all think about Bubba Ray finally saying his name? Yeah, it was a cool moment. Yeah, yeah like the crowd little... liked it. I feel mm-hmm. like it was it was a good payoff for that. You needed to do it at some point. Yeah. It was See, the Devon chair shots are actually helping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is our big showdown between Taz and the polar bear, Paul Varlins. A lot of hype in this one. Taz led up by Fonzie and Team Taz. Wearing a brand new boxing robe. Just an awesome looking entrance. Team Taz has a giant orange flag now with a black T on it. Show your minds this is a shoot fight. The Eliminators, Shane Douglas, and RVD are also out with Taz, kind of adding to the overall atmosphere, as uh, we know Varlins will probably have his entourage with him. Uh, but he doesn't even get an entrance uh, here, really. He just seems confident. Mm-hmm. Fonzie rants on Varlins. He tells him he'll get dropped on his head and choked out. Taz takes Varlins down right away and works the arm, but Paul escapes. Taz takes him back down, but Varlins gets the ropes. Varlins takes Taz down with a chancery, but Taz rolls free. We reset and trade some quick holds and some strikes. Varlins knees Taz down, but Saturn sneaks in and drop kicks him in the back of the head. Taz hits a T-bone and hooks a Taz mission for the win. Taz gets the mic and says that was shit, and he fucked the fans again. Taz <laughs> keeps berating the fans as they boo him and chant for Sabu. This ends up being a pretty big win for Taz, and Varlins gets overwhelmed by the numbers game. Kind of a good use for him here to uh, save a little face with the cheap trick and uh, just more of a moment for Taz's aura 
than anything else, really. Uh, it keeps building, though, and a tough night for Varlins. And uh, get to, to guys, talk. we'll talk about the match, and then we will uh, get to uh, kind of the backstory of this match. But, again, not much here, more of a spectacle, which is a lot of these Taz matches have been. I went a star and a half for it. But it was entertaining, and, again, good to see Taz as a legend continue to be built. Yeah, uh, I would agree. It was uh, a pretty good spectacle. I I enjoyed the back and forth wrestling for as little of it as there was. Uh, The the drop kick that Saturn hit Mm. on Varlins was nasty. Like he caught Varlins right in the back of it. It almost looked like Varlins wasn't ready for it. Like it just it clipped him like behind the ear. It looked real rough. Uh, The Taz Plex was brutal. Uh, That was impressive. It was I mean, it was a little sloppy. But, like, impressive that Taz was able to get the big palooka over his head like that. So uh, I didn't go quite two stars on it. I went one and three quarter. But uh, I probably would have gone two had the suplex looked a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, the crowd just hated Taz and hated that post-match promo. It was He was getting great heat for himself. But, uh, yeah, uh, pretty fun stuff here. One and three quarter for me. Yeah, I think the crowd is, like, huge in this match for me because – they do uh, shut the fuck up chants at Fonzie, which I will always love because he needs to shut the fuck up at all times. <laughs> um, yeah, Taz. Um, yeah, this is a spectacle and that's fine. But like, that's all he's getting. Like, he is also a good wrestler. So like, I would like to see him like get to mm. Sabu at some point. Like, hopefully that's mm. what we're doing. Um, so I guess this is fine, but. I'm sorry, polar bear, but like that was embarrassing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, you're, not just showing for the polar bear. You're a uh, big dude. Like, what are you doing? I expected way more from that guy. I, don't, I guess just based on his size, not knowing anything, but like, I mean, Taz is badass, but that dude was ginormous. Like, I, I just felt like kind of embarrassed for the guy. Um, and also, why did we need. Although it was awesome, why did we need a Saturn out of nowhere flying drop kick? Like? I think it was to protect Varlins a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pushing them clean. Um, that's the vibe I got. That at least like it, they made like the wrestlers all kind of ganged up on this guy and um, took him out. So it yeah, was... I, I just feel like Taz had it handled. You know, like. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was just a safe. I mean, it looked awesome. Bit. I'm not. I'm not knocking it at all for that. I just felt like okay, all right. I mean, he weird. was a middling. MMA guy anyway. He was 9-9 nine and nine in his career. Uh, so, Varlins had had two dark matches, or two house show matches before this to kind of prep. And originally, you know, obviously he was promoted as a shoot fight, but it's not. And mm-hmm. he was kind of putting a stink up about losing. But <laughs> Misty Hyatt, in her autobiography, talks, tells a story that uh, she convinced Rollins to lose and said after the match she would blow him, basically, as like a payoff. <laughs> So wow. he goes out there and loses. He comes backstage and Misty told him, I don't blow jobbers. And blew oh, hard. my God. <laughs> it didn't deliver. Uh, <laughs> so the story goes that Varlins destroyed the locker room and later, apparently, like, kind of not stalked her, but like they happened to be at like the same convention and like basically went up to her, like tried to get the payback still. <laughs> Um, to get the blowjob, Missy was basically like, fuck off. So there's that. And then it's kind of a sad ending for Varlins. Uh, he was living in Georgia 
in December 2020 contracted COVID, mm. was on a ventilator and passed away oh on January 16th of this year from COVID. Oh, so kind of a sad ending for the polar bear, who is a very interesting story in the history of ECW with Missy promising the, the blowjob and then basically telling him to go screw himself. <laughs> I like how you get me to say bad things about dead people all the time. No, look, tell me that they're dead. <laughs> you, you didn't give me an opening to to get in there with the the story, but well, to be fair, you didn't know he was dead. Right. Right. I probably and that was before he died. I'm embarrassed for this guy. Right, it like, wasn't after he died. It was before he died. Right, that happened before he died. Still. Not after. Right. But anyway, pretty pretty infamous story that always makes me laugh. I just think of like how angry, like coming back from that loss and really thinking Missy was gonna just like take him to the fucking locker room and blow him, and then just but, destroying the locker room because you didn't get a blowjob from Missy <laughs> which I what guess was semi believable. I guess you could kind of think she would maybe deliver on that, but I love Missy just like working on behalf of the promotion. Like she probably earned a lot of cred that day. Like, oh yeah, I'll blow you, sure, go lose. Oh, God, you to lose. I wonder how many matches she worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so back to the ring we go. Out comes Raven, Stevie, and a brand new funky Supernova comes out. Supernova is kind of like a superhero gimmick. Nova and Stevie perform some sort of routine in the ring as Raven watches. <laughs> it reminded me of like old school where Will Ferrell, they're doing the like floor gymnastics with the um, <laughs> was it Vince Vaughn. Which one of them did the, the floor gymnastics with the, was it the fat guy? I forget which one with the little uh, red ribbon and all that. But that's what it felt like anyway. Uh, so Joey asks if Nova is a superhero or a mime. <laughs> <Is he dead? laughs> Stevie gets the mic. He wants to talk about his mission, recaps what he's done so far. And he says this is the worst he can do. He tried Divine Brown. He tried, you know, all these different kind of skanks. Kimona failed. Everyone failed. And Raven has been very demanding, very demanding of Stevie to find the skankiest, most pathetic woman he could find to represent <laughs> society. And Stevie... Brings out his latest find. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Our old friend, Peaches. <laughs> Sandman's, find the music. <laughs> Sandman's ex-wife. Um, who was last seen uh, consorting with Tommy Cairo, Cairo, (laughs) one of our favorite early feuds for this podcast. Uh, Peaches slowly walks out, and Stevie (laughs) helps her in the ring. She immediately drops to her knees and kind of rubs (laughs) and grinds on Raven. Out comes Sandman and Missy Hyatt, and he says, this don't piss him off. He already pipped her out to the locker room anyway before. (laughs) And Sandman has an amazing callback here. And he says, pay my fucking bills. After he's done, which is his uh, cry to Tommy Cairo all those years ago uh, when uh, he was living in Sandman's house and he says he was going to pay his bills. So that was an awesome comeback. Out leave uh, Sandman and Missy. Joey's in the nest and says, Raven's going to have to do better than this to get in <laughs> Sandman's head. But I, I love this moment. Um, it, it's not going to be the end of Peaches for sure. Uh, it's going to go somewhere. But it's it's a great reveal. It's a cool callback and a good payoff to all Stevie with the skanky women to bring out peaches. Um, and just the callback from Samuel with the bills was hilarious. Jenny, I thought it was really funny. Oh my God. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. I, I, I lost it. I was like, this is it. This is, it doesn't get any skankier than this, right? Yeah. Surely. 
this will satisfy Raven. Uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know how you get any worse than this. And Sandman's reaction was just epic. <laughs> um, just when he said, pay your fucking bills, I, I just, it just blew my mind. And I was, I mean, it's genius. It's wonderful. Missy, she's doing something different with her hair. Um, mm -hmm. not sure how y'all feel about that. It's a whole, um, thing. It looked like a wig. I'm not sure what she's got going <laughs> Um, I feel like peaches look maybe better. Maybe she like put that on to hide from Varlin's perspective. <laughs> I don't know, maybe so. Uh, but wow, um, peaches is fantastic. Like she is expression. Like she just looks like just misery as a person, like personified. <laughs> she just looks like. And Wouldn't she you just, have like, pissed away your life for Tommy Cairo? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I wanted Tommy to come out. I was just like, please let. Let Tommy Cairo be back too. Um, that's what I got my fingers crossed for. This was amazing, Matt. Yeah, this was great stuff. And like JT said, uh, this is only the beginning of where we go with this. It gets oh, uh, I can't wait. very, very interesting as uh, time goes on. But yeah, uh, a great, great start to this. And uh, yeah, you can see that Raven has already uh, brainwashed the poor girl. So uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But uh, it gets real, real interesting real fast. Also, is uh, Supernova Stevie's little brother? Because they look exactly like him. <laughs> uh, he's not. Okay. He's not, but we'll see if he's a, a good addition or not to the package All right. here. All right. Next up, we have Raven. Stays out there to defend his ECW heavyweight title against Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Joey says it's the IWA Japan deemed top contender, and it's a surprise to everyone. Terry Gordy comes out to Bath Street, USA in a big pop. Really cool moment and a big get here and another big challenge for Raven. Joey says it's the largest and loudest crowd in ECW history, and they really are buzzing as we get mm -hmm. going. They immediately spill outside into the fans. Gordy stomping away and smashing him with a chair. Gordy really came to play here tonight. Mm -hmm. They end up in the aisle where Gordy keeps battering Raven with a chair. The champ is busted open pretty good. They head to the nest, and Gordy's just pouring it on with a chair and a frying pan. It's ruthless attack. Gordy hammers at the cut as they head back toward the ring. Joey says, we see the resurrection of a career tonight as he slugs away in the ring and barrels him with a clothesline. Stevie sneaks in and distracts Gordy long enough for Raven to finally take over, but it's short-lived as Gordy ducks a barbed wire shot and then uses it himself before hooking the oriental spike. Raven is pouring blood as Stevie and Nova come in and try and pry Gordy off, but he won't let go. Out comes Tommy Dreamer. He cleans out the goons. Brian Lee comes in and chokeslams Tommy. Gordy releases and powerbombs Lee as the crowd goes nuts. Stevie sneaks in and hits Gordy with a super kick, and Raven gets the DDT for the win on Gordy. Lee and Dreamer get going again after the bell. The goons are in, too, as the brawl rolls on. Sandman comes in and cleans house with a cane. Raven then leaves the ring, and all of a sudden out comes Peaches with a child. Mm. Raven says the child is named Tyler and reveals it is Sandman's son. Tyler says Sandman is a drunk, and he worships Raven now. Raven, Raven mm -hmm. says Beulah isn't woman enough to carry a child, and Dreamer had unprotected sex with her, but his sperm wasn't strong enough to do it. Beulah <laughs> wants to catfight Peaches, but Raven pulls her away. Just pure insanity. And as that's not enough, out comes Blue Dust, because <laughs> Raven has left the building, and we have the pleasure of Blue Dust instead. Joey says he's the son of Shamu and Smurfette. Out comes Simona, who grabs Blue Dust balls, and Beulah DDTs him to a pop. Uh, so just some wild shit, a violent sprint. 
Gordy was a fucking madman <laughs> who just destroyed Raven, slicing him to shit and almost taking the title. Raven escapes. Uh, the chaos at the end is adds to the whole thing as we have the arrival of Tyler Fullington, uh, who will, of course, become a major storyline plot going forward. The post-match is crazy, too, kicking off the next big angle. So I went three and a quarter. And, Matt, I was just shocked at Terry Gordy because everything you read and remember and hear is, like, after that death match in IWA, like, he was never kind of the same after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't he, like, he, and he, like, legally overdosed and, you know, had died and uh, had brain damage but came back to life. Like, he has, got, like, mm-hmm. a crazy story. And they always said after that he was kind of, like, in a fog. Mm-hmm. and never really the same and that's kind of on display later in dodf when he's the executioner for those couple showings right. um and that's this year so i was surprised when gordy came out here and it was like vintage terry gordy just thrown down with raven so i this is a really good stuff and the tyler stuff of course is extremely classic epic ecw stuff uh so matt what'd you think of the whole uh, shebang here yeah, uh, like you, uh, when I saw this match on paper, you, you know, I, I was expecting something like what we saw when Raymond uh, faced Damien in Queens, like something kind of like that, right? I sure as hell wasn't expecting what we got here. <laughs> right. And like you said about Gordy, like if by all accounts, he's in rough shape at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joey, Joey even mentions it on commentary that Gordy has been declared legally dead twice. He literally says that on right. commentary. Yeah. So it's like, like I, I had very low expectations for this and this blew him out of the water. Like this, this was the Terry Gordy that everybody raved about in Japan and elsewhere. Just world class and everything else. And right. I mean, I'm not an aficionado, so I don't remember, but I, like, I'm curious, like, if, you know, Chad or Pete or someone that knows more of this, of Gordy, like, is this his last great match? Like, I mean, it could be, right? Like, right. I don't know how many more he has in the tank. Maybe there's one that sneaks in there somewhere. But, yeah, this is, yeah, it yeah. shocks me. It's it's unbelievable that, you know, they uh, they were able to get this out of Terry Gordy, who, again, by all accounts, uh, is in pretty rough shape here. Just wild stuff, uh, brawling really throughout the entire match. Gordy looked motivated. He was moving around well. Just really, really great stuff. Uh, the power, the pop that he got for uh, power bombing Lee was fantastic. Mm. Then you get Terry Gordy wrapping barbed wire around mm. Raven's head and then just driving him into the buckle. Just crazy, crazy stuff. And like you said, given what Terry Gordy was a few months later when he has that god awful match with the Undertaker and in your house when he's the executioner, like yeah. this was this was unbelievable stuff. So uh, I went three and a half for the match overall, and uh, the post match is also fantastic. I mean, now you, now you're getting uh, uh, Sandman's kid involved, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that's the only way to get in the Sandman's head apparently. Like, uh, yeah, just. Amazing, amazing stuff, and uh, we'll see where that goes because that also goes places. But uh, yeah, I, I was floored by this. I couldn't believe how great this was. Uh, three and a half. Yeah, I mean, one of the most iconic and well-known ECW storylines that we're about to embark on. Mm-hmm. Jenny, what do you think? So I haven't seen the first Gordy match in my life, so I had zero expectations, <laughs> but. I like Matt, like I see the guy, he looks mm-hmm. like he's in rough shape. Um, you know, and I figured this is probably just something to get Raven somewhere. I don't know. But then this guy comes in and fucking wrecks shop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what 
is happening right now? Raven running scared the whole match. Uh, just gets chased around the whole arena. Um, the barbed wire. Oh, yes, please. We need more. Why do not have more barbed wire in this promotion? Because this was awesome. It was all sticking like uh, like Raven's hair was wrapped around it while it was wrapped around his head. It was like all sticking out, like so dramatic looking, so brutal. Um, I, just the relentlessness of Gordy and and just nonstop <laughs> fucking Raven up <laughs> was so awesome. Um, the the ending was tremendous. I I wasn't ready for. Uh, I mean, I, I thought Gordy might pull out a win. <laughs> like, he he pretty much did. Like, he pretty much won the match until Stevie had to interfere, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the stuff with Peaches, like, I was like, oh, holy shit. Uh, a new level of low for Raven that I dig, and I'm into it. And it's like... How did you how did you do it so quick? Like you just like Peaches just got here. Why like how are you already using her son as a shield? Like <laughs> he's just like decided or met, I don't know. I feel like I feel it was like all I'm, planned, you know. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of brainwashed by Raven. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you're a drunk daddy. I worship Raven now, uh, slayed me, and uh, the kid had perfect delivery on the line. Uh, <laughs> it was well done. Um, and then fucking Beulah DDT and the <laughs> like, holy shit! I, I lost my mind. Well, holy, okay. <laughs> I didn't know she was going to do that. Um, and then we got Blue Dust too. shit. I'm doing three and three quarter stars, like fucking spectacle from top to bottom like awesome shit yeah a lot lots and lots going on and you know it's funny you always like wonder like oh it's a struggle to do like a cult gimmick or uh, like you know like the try to break why it's like what do you do after all the talk and this is one time where it just really works like they have really done a good job of making you believe that raven does have brain and mind control over these people by the way they act and do things Yep. And, you know, sacrifice everything for him. And they do it subtly at times. And it's just it's just really well executed to make it not seem like forced or way over the top. I mean, it is over the top, but like. Right. But they do it in a way that makes you right. buy in. Like, right. Yeah. You know, it's not like cartoony. It's just like, it's these, like these people opera. all continuously. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. This all continuously sacrifice themselves for him. And when you think you don't think about the reason until you think about it, right? And then when you do, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, right. Like he's got this, you know, mind manipulation power where he just convinces these people to do, um, you know, whatever he, you know, is best for him, best for Raven. So, all right, let's get to our next match. It is the Bruise Brothers taking on the Eliminators as the show just keeps chugging on, and this should be a wild one. This is the gangsters last shot at the titles. Um, and the eliminators are focused as always. And of course, I should add, I messed up. This is uh, was it a three-way dance. I don't have the team mark. No, no, they're not. Okay. No, they. It just gets convoluted. Oh right, right. right. Okay. Yeah. This is the problem with writing the heading and then the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it the was, gangsters, It was hard to follow, honestly. Right. It is meant to be the gangsters yeah, it eliminators. It is meant to be the gangsters last shot, and uh, for the title. So the eliminators are focused as always. The gangsters start mat- marching down. But out come the Samoan gangster party and attack in the aisle. We get some miscommunication, which allows the gangsters to take them out. But the Bruise Brothers show up, 
They beat down the gangsters, too, as the Eliminators just watch from the ring. Samoan gangster party and the Bruise Brothers get pushed to the back. Officials come out to check on the gangsters, who are really hurting here. And uh, New Jack is just pouring blood. Saturn says they didn't ask for Bruce Brothers' helps and uh, Bruce Brothers' help, and if they want to jump in the ring, they can. He calls them inbred motherfuckers, and they oblige uh, to booze from the crowd. So who are not in those those booze because they're not happy with this change of the gangsters being taken out, the Bruce Brothers getting the title match now with the Eliminator. So that's where we reset. We get right into it as Saturn dodges a boot, takes Harris down, and then buries a top rope elbow and slugs away. Saturn chucks him outside and then dives into him, all four brawl, shooting each other into the railings and tables. There's chaos everywhere. Cronus gets hip-tossed through a timekeeper table, and the crowd is into this one now as they woke it up a bit, and they bought into the, the match. Back inside, Saturn comes up empty on a top rope moonsault. Then the Bruce Brothers start to kick away at both champions. All of a sudden, a trash can flies in and nails Harris, and the gangsters are back. Bandaged up and beating on all four men. They clean house and use the belts to smash anyone that gets in their way. Eventually, things taper off and the gangsters are left standing. So we don't really get a finish to the title match itself. This was something. Really just a big weapons brawl. Some great heat. A bunch of confusion. Kind of good for for what it was. But uh, they really lucked out the crowd didn't turn too much. That the crowd does give ECW so much leeway mm. here um, as uh, fans. That they really could have turned on this and shit on. Um, you know, really shit on the Bruise Brothers change. So they don't. Uh, so again, good for what it was. Uh, the Eliminators roll on. I went two and three quarters. Yeah, I, it could have got ugly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, I mean, we've been foaming at the bit here for some gangsters and Eliminators because they always, I mean, it, it usually gets pretty wild. So, and this crowd was about the wild. Um, but they give them enough, I think during this during the confusion because my notes are like gangsters are here what is happening Mm -hmm. um and then the samoans like really just fuck up the whole flow i feel like i don't know that was awkward i don't know i don't know what the point of that was but um new jack pouring blood was awesome um and then when they (laughs) run back in later with with uh, bandages on their head it was awesome too um pretty standard though past all the weird confusion so i went two and a half matt yeah uh i'd be lying if i said i wasn't disappointed that we didn't yeah. get gangsters eliminators here and honestly it kind of bummed me the fuck out because i feel like uh, eliminators bruce brothers is kind of a downgrade mm. but i, I mean it, it was technically fine for what it was and honestly looking over my notes here i probably underrated it but it, it's just because i was bummed that you know, we've been chomping at the bit to see it, Gangsters Eliminators, and we haven't had a chance to see it yet. I thought we were finally going to get it here, and we don't. So, I mean, I only went two for it. I thought it was fairly standard stuff. And, I mean, New Jack is great as always, and just a sick blade job by him. But I, I feel like we have to get a Gangsters Eliminators match in here at some point. Because mm-hmm. like, it's, it. it's starting to get crazy now with all the all this stuff going on. Like, right. just have the match at this point. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because there's been a lot of this with ECW. I feel like it's like the second or third time we mentioned it in the last couple of shows. Like, all right. Um, mm-hmm. But ECW, like, they've been really good so far at simmering things and giving you enough mm-hmm. uh, and then paying it off at the right time. So I think they've earned this benefit. We'll see mm-hmm. if it continues to grow that way, um, where they continue to get uh, the time to tell these stories and, and you know, let them play out over time before finishing them off. So we'll see. All right, we mentioned the Samoa Gangsta Party. 
And they are here for this next match, taking on Hack Myers and Axel Rotten. Samoan Gangsta Party is Maddie Smalls and Sammy DeSilk. And of course, would later be known as Three Minute Warning, uh, I believe, right, Matt? Comprised of Umaga and Rosie? Yeah, one of them was Rosie. I think the other one was Samu. Oh, so it's not Umaga? He's later? So yeah, just, I think so. Okay. I think you're right. I think actually. it was Ro- it was Rosie and Samu, I think. Yeah, which is crazy. Samu's still around, but right? <laughs> uh, we hadn't seen him in a while. So he's here. Um, not not Umaga. It is, it is Rosie, you're right? Uh, so debut the Simone Gangster Party, showing back up after they jumped the gangsters early. Could be a nice addition to the tag division. We'll see. Keep refreshing it. Axel Rod and Hack, a uh, pretty good natural veteran ECW team. Ortiz struggles again. He calls them the Gangsters of Paradise. Uh, <laughs> multiple I'm names. I'm sorry. What are we doing? And the crowd chants, who gives a fuck as we get some stalling? <laughs> Uh, Mac Daddy and Axel start off with a slugfest, and Axel hurts himself with a headbutt, as Joey says. They've inherited the thick skulls of their fathers. Mac slugs away with Axel, getting a body block for two. The shot tags in and loads, but Mac goes to the eyes and tags in Sammy the Silk. Trades some hard slaps with Shaw, who heats up and cleans out both men. Simone Gangster already drops Shaw with a double headbutt, smashing with a double flying headbutt before they can get the win. The gangsters pour in with weapons. The fight's back on. Eliminators and uh, Bruce Butters are back to show up, and we get a wild brawl of all four teams as the gangsters' music pumps through the arena. More wrestlers come out to break things up as trash is pouring in from the fans. Just a wild scene that goes for a while. A big old mess that the crowd just loves. Uh, nothing matched. The gangster party weren't super impressive. They seemed clunky and awkward. Kind of a quick squash before the brawl, uh, which is a great visual and some classic stuff. So I just went half a star, Matt. Again, I, I, gangster party didn't show a ton here. We'll see if they get better as we go, but uh, th- it was really all about the post-match. Yeah, I went half star on it, too. Uh, not much here. Uh, what little we saw didn't look great, and the crowd just super didn't give a fuck about this. I mean, we got, you know, the who gives a fuck chance, you fat fuck chance, Yokozuna chance. Like, it was just, they they just shit all over this mm-hmm. match. And, uh, I mean, the brawl after the match was uh, better than the match itself. It was just wild stuff. And then, you know, the whole locker room's out there. You got all the fans throwing shit in the ring. It was just was uh was uh, quite a scene there, but uh, it did go on a bit too long. I think I, I think even Joey thought it was going on a bit long. Yeah, like he he pretty much actively said so on commentary. But, uh, it, yeah, the segment was great, but the match was uh, not much. Half a star. Uh, half a star for me too. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of nothing, and I don't know. It feels like it just muddies the water a lot. Like on our story that I thought was doing pretty well for the gangsters and eliminators. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, not an impressive debut at all for the tag team and um, pretty standard, like just, we don't know what to do. So let's just all come out and do a bunch of shit. Right. Half a star. So what's Samu, uh, Matt? So, and, and it was Matt Anoa'i who would eventually become Rosie, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Samu with Sammy the Silk, Big Maddie Smalls, and they, you know, had showed up in WF for a bit, if you remember. Remember they're showing up in the crowd, kind of watching Fatu from the crowd. It was supposed mm. to be like they were going to turn them. They don't end mm. up doing anything, and then they end up going to ECW here, like we said. They were also known as the Gangsters in Paradise uh, as a name, so maybe that's what Ortiz thought, but he calls them the Gangsters <laughs> of Paradise, so he butchers it anyway, but... Um, <laughs> So there you go. So we'll see if they stick around. All right. Big TV title matches up next is Pitbull 2 defends his newly won title against Chris Jericho. 
Uh, our brand new unlikely champion against a big up and comer has been hot since he's arrived. Jericho Stoic coming out. We get Pitbull 2 and Francine, a well-earned spot for them. <clears throat> Pitbull 2 shows off his power to start, shoving Jericho hard to the floor. Pours on some knees and a hard right hand, but Jericho catches him with a spin kick. He tries a second one, but Pitbull 2 catches him and slams him to the mat. Pitbull 2 catches Jericho off a whip. He gorilla presses him and then drops him into a tombstone for two in a six spot. Mm-hmm. Jericho punches back into things, but Pitbull 2 hammers away. He pancakes Jericho, throws him to the corner and kicks away. Shoots Jericho hard to the corner, puts him on his shoulders, but Jericho gets a victory roll for two and kicks him in the head. Jericho lands a back elbow. And clothesline and chops away as Pitbull is busted open. Jericho gets a head scissor takeover to counter a press slam. And then hits a springboard drop kick to knock Pitbull outside. Pitbull 2 comes back in, but Jericho spin kicks him right back out. Jericho meets him with a springboard moonsault as the crowd is heated up big time. Pitbull 2 recovers and shoots Jericho to the railing. Back inside, Pitbull 2 hooks a camel clutch. Jericho breaks free, lands some hard shots, and nails a missile drop kick for 2. Jericho hits an enziguri for two and then tries a Thez press, but Pitbull catches him and hits a stun gun for a near fall. Pitbull loads Jericho on his shoulders and buries him with an Oklahoma stampede, hoists him on the top rope and does a super fallaway slam. Douglas comes out and tries to take the belt and kiss Francine, who slaps around. Pitbull 2 comes in to save, but Douglas pulls her in front, and Pitbull 2 clotheslines Francine by accident. Pitbull 2 hotshots Shane on the railing, and then Jericho dives into him, and Pitbull 2 moves. Pitbull 1 comes out to check on Francine and carries her to the back. Back inside, Jericho comes off the top of Pitbull 2, counters with a power slam for 2. Jericho tries a lion salt, but he gets caught, and we get a pair of tombstone reversals until Pitbull 2 collapses back and Jericho falls to the floor. Jericho comes back again. Pitbull 2 twists him to a power slam for two. Douglas tries to steal the belt, but the refs detain him and argue for a bit. Jericho takes Pitbull 2 off the top of the Hurricanrana and wins the TV title to a big pop, ending Pitbull 2's reign uh, very quickly here. Short reign for him. He gets the belt, hands it to Jericho, and shakes his hand as Douglas has gone bonkers on the floor at the finish. Uh, I thought this was great. It was sloppy and clunky, but in a good way. Just two dudes mm. kind of throwing everything at each other, using their bodies as weapons. People, too, showed up really well here as he's starting to learn this new solo run that he's got going on. The Douglas stuff uh, was a bit forced, but this angle is, is going to be a deep one. Francine may be fucked up as well. Jericho's <laughs> been on fire, and it pays off with a big win and some gold. So, Jenny, I th- this is shockingly very damn good. I went three and a half stars. Dude, three and a half for me, too. Jericho's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking good and so smart, and he just knows what to do. Like, And he just works so well. In this match, and Pitbull 1 fucking shows up, I mean 2, shows up too. Like, he hangs with them. All those fucking moves you said. Like, it was move after move after move. It was wrestling. Like, not a lot of fuckery besides Mm -hmm. Shane, honestly. But Mm -hmm. they were really, like, doing the fucking thing. And I just think that Jericho has, like, just, like, this instinctive, like, feel for what to do against his opponent. Like, it's amazing. Uh, I really loved the fun reversal tombstone spot. Um, I really loved uh, the finisher at the end. Like, and the respect. I will always, I will always love a handshake at the end of a match, especially by um, wrestlers that I like. So I really like this match. And it's like sort of low key hidden gem for me. And um, I've, Recently been watching a lot of Jericho matches for another one of my podcasts called Talking WCW. 
cheap plug. So, um, I just love Jericho in this, and I love Pitbull too in this, and even Shane. Like, like you said, a little bit forced, but like just enough fun fuckery um, to make it like exciting. And it it works with the story because like that's his belt. Like he he's pissed off about it. He's losing his mind at the end, which I love too. So I'm I like this match, Maddie. Yeah, uh, really good stuff here. I'm at three and a quarter on this. Uh, like you guys, I thought the the Shane stuff was a bit forced too. But uh, given the storyline and given he had just lost the title like a couple of weeks before, it kind of makes sense that he would insert himself in this uh, kind of feels to me like maybe they're building to some sort of like multi-man match at some point. We'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gorilla press tombstone by Pitbull was fantastic. Ooh, yeah. Like like you never see that. That was a uh, really unique. Um, yeah, just a lot of great spots in this match. Uh, the dive dives by Jericho were great. Uh, reversing the super bomb into the Hurricanrana to win the title was great. I love that finish. Uh, got real, real good by the end of it. And uh, interesting to me that they do a, yet another title change here, which again leads me back to me thinking that there's some sort of multi-man match coming with these three mm-hmm. guys. We'll see. But uh, And Pitbull 2 has done well in the singles division that we've seen here. Had the good stuff with Raven, the good match with Shane, and then I mean, this for me was the best of the bunch, and I think it was for you guys too. So, uh, yeah, really good stuff here. Three and a quarter for me. I mean, for people to just roll out and have this match with Jericho, so like, crazy, it's really impressive, right. really right. impressive because he, I mean, like, we've seen him for years, and like, he's just, I mean, he's good, like, he's but he's never been like this, like, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And the TV title division is really picking steam up again, yes. like, back to. Yep. Days of the Benoit Malenko mm-hmm. Guerrero guys all battling. We're kind of getting back there now where the belt like feels like a big deal. And we talked about this when Shane kind of came into the division, would it elevate it? And it feels like it really has helped elevate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like a bigger deal because he's there. This, you know, one of the top guys of the promotion is down there battling over the TV title and it feels super important. And you've got a half of a tag team guy. You get Jericho is still pretty relatively big, you know, newcomer. He's not like, a guy that's been around for a while or a known entity. So nothing about him says newcomer to me at all, right. especially in this right. match. Like it, it's just natural. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, before we get to our next match, Jen, you want to talk about anything you got going on beyond this show? Beyond this show, there's nothing. I live for this show. I breathe this show. No, mm-hmm. um, I have a podcast feed. It's called The Janie Position. I have some shows over there. Uh, there's one called Bianca's First Time. Me and my friend Bianca watch movies that most people have seen, but she has not. Um, so we watch live watch those for the first time. The latest one we did was V for Vendetta for um the 5th of november that was like probably our best episode and really funny so sadly although that movie is very trippy now um (laughs) post 2020 um and um other shows like and sassy and um you heard about pluto talk and pop the journey through infinity and freak out drive-in check all that out and find me on twitter at jenny position Matt, can you find you going on? You want to talk about? Yep, you can find me on the Place to Be pop feed on my show, Peace for the Action, which is an action movie live watch podcast. Check that out. Um, usually on every episode of Popcorn Chicken Salad, which can also be found on that feed. And over on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, you can find me on YouTube Roulette. And if you wish to follow me on the Twitter machine, you can do so at msusa1991. 
Of course, North South Connection, tons of shows and content coming at you constantly here on the feed. Uh, stuff that we're really proud of. And even as shows take little hiatuses here and there, like obviously, um, you know, Wrestling Warzone's on a hiatus, year that was, uh, New Gen on a Mission. Like, you know, we have shows that come and go just due to life, right? But other people step in and uh, some of us step in and, and continue to churn out content to make sure the feed keeps humming along. So if you could please leave a, a rating, leave a review, we'd really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thank you for all the uh, message spreading and everything else you guys do uh, and downloads and, and listening to the show. So we really appreciate it. All right, let's get to our next match. It's Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee continue their feud. The weapon buffet fires up right away as the ring is loaded with plunder of all sorts. Tommy pours it on before his music even stops. Joey gets a honky talk man joke as he spots a guitar. They spill outside where Lee turns things around and then back in as Lee starts grabbing whatever weapons he can to smash Tommy. Tommy's head is rattled as they go back outside and Lee spikes him to the table. Tommy comes back in with a crate and slings Lee into the fans as the music is still blaring. They eventually end up in the street, swarmed by fans that are waiting outside. Lee ramps Tommy into a truck and shoots him to a garage door six times. Tommy's bleeding, which, uh, you know, is a pretty cool way for him to get busted open. Tommy comes back with a chair, slings Lee to the door for payback. They make their way back to the fans where Lee suplexes Tommy on Swanson Street. Back to the truck they go, and then Tommy uses a cheese grater on Lee's nuts. Lee smacks Tommy with a tray. They head back inside. They amble to the ring where Dreamer's in charge, but Lee ducks a guitar shot and chokeslams Tommy. Lee grabs a baseball bat and a cinder block as Joey begs the ref to stop the match. Beulah makes a save, but Lee grabs her by the throat. Komoda comes in and flashes Lee. We get ooze from the crowd. Beulah hits him with a pan, and Tommy DDTs him on a stop sign to win the match. Rare win for Tommy here in this feud. The Bruise Brothers come out and beat up Tommy after. We cut ahead where they're up in the nest. The Bruise Brothers set up a table stack, and we get a massive spot, an iconic spot, really, as Lee chokeslams Tommy off the nest through the stack tables. That's a clip you'll see many times over in ECW. Tommy finally gets a victory, won in this feud. Uh, and it was pretty good. It was deviation from the usual weapons walk fest we get as we go outside and get some different stuff. And of course, the finish and the post match is pretty iconic with the the table bump off the off the nest. Uh, so good stuff here. I went two and three quarters. Not again, not quite there. Again, I know part of that is me and my issues with these types of matches right now. But in general, we had some big moments. Matt, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, I'm right in line with you. I'm at two and three quarters uh, for this as well. Uh, I, I thought the previous match they had was a skosh better. And, uh, it, you know, I think it was just a tighter match overall. Uh, but this was pretty good. I like that they went outside. They fought in the crowd. Uh, Tommy was a fucking mess after mm -hmm. that garage door shot. Uh, yeah, the mailbox uh, shot was disgusting, which uh, Joey came right back with. a uh, That's a COD, a concussion on delivery. <laughs> Which is a fantastic line from Lee. Uh, again, more cinder blocks. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. I wonder if they get a deal on cinder blocks if they buy them in bulk. It seems like Lee everyone just loads them in his truck. Uh, <laughs> he just has. No, they just, just have them. the one cinder block. Oh, I see. <laughs> they just reuse it. That's they just it. Patch it back together and <laughs> yeah. just reuse it over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought the DDT that Lee took was nasty, and he sold it great. Like he really spiked him with it, and. Like you said, the uh, the choke slam off the nest was uh, disgusting and a very iconic spot. Yeah, get used to that one. You're going to see it a lot. So uh, fun enough match. But like I said, I enjoyed the first one more. So uh, two and three quarter for me on this as well. 
Oh boy. So I had to give this the old sluts three stars because <laughs> this has all the Jenny stuff that I like. Most of the Jenny stuff. Like going outside, I'm always gonna love that. And then slamming his head into that garage was just mm-hmm. amazing. I love the cameraman getting lost in the crowd and you can hear the crowd, let the cameraman through. <laughs> um I love that. It's just it's just that whole like chaos and like you said, a nice um, change up from the usual walk brawl. So uh, mm-hmm. even though that's literally what they did, you know, changing locations works for me. I really like the the like just the sort of um, unexpectedness of of going outside. You know, I, I really really love that. Um, I love that they do the cinder block again. I love all of the weapons. Very. Uh, varied weapons, I thought, this time. There's a mailbox in there, a fucking fiddle, um, all kinds of shit. Um, love the DDT on the stop sign. And a Tommy win, which I feel like is right about the time in a few in a Tommy feud where he gets a win, you know, after a real hardcore battle, and then he'll finally get a win. Um, so it's good to see him. And then, of course, the chokeslam at the double tables. Yeah, that was awesome. So I got to go to the whole three stars. All right. Main event time as Rob Van Dam takes on Sabu yet again. And Joey, before the match says, we've had a one hour delay mm-hmm. because the top mm-hmm. rope snapped and they had to fix the ring. So pretty crazy to think these fans have been sitting here for an hour after that match before this main mm-hmm. event. They said they debated pushing the match the next time, but they didn't want to screw the fans. They wanted to go at it tonight. So RVD comes out. You can see his confidence building as he warms up. He's had early success against Sabu. Sabu's here. His neck is in a brace, and this should be a hot one. He tears Mm -hmm. off the brace as we get going. Does not fuck around with that. Sabu's on fire to start, trapping RVD and stomping and kicking away, clearly looking to take his nemesis out. Sabu lands some stiff punches to the face, hits a springboard leg lariat for two, grabs a chin lock, and then releases the ropes, and the top rope snaps again. So Sabu is pissed. He's stomping around. Joey says the guys can stop the match if they want. As the top rope is broke, they don't have to continue. Um, but they're like, whatever, we're going to keep going. Sabu grabs a chair. He chucks it in RVD's face as Joey talks up the danger about this match and no top rope. Sabu wants to try a triple jump moonsault. He does it anyway, even with the broken rope. <laughs> Fucking madman. Fucking crazy. RVD gets pushed outside and Sabu leaps off the chair, off the railing, and into RVD into the fans with a dive. RVD's up first and pulls Sabu to the bleachers where he clears out the fans. Puts a chair on Sabu who falls as he tries to co- uh, covertly turn it over to get the flat side on him and the guillotine leg drop on it. They battle back to ringside where RVD just throws a chair at Sabu. Sabu's favoring his hand as RVD scales the broken top rope and it's a somersault sent on with a chair into Sabu for two. Sabu drop kicks the knee and kicks away and then nails RVD with the air Sabu. RVD throws a chair at Sabu and shoots him to the corner and the monkey flips him into a half open chair. Bending his legs, just ouch, or the legs mm. of the chair. Just, that looks like it fucking hurt. Mm. RVD mm. goes to cross arm breaker, but Sabu forces the rope break. RVD smacks Sabu with a chair and then hits a standing moonsault for two. Sabu battles back with a slingshot moonsault for two, and they both tumble to the floor. Sabu's an Arabian press guillotine for two, but RVD comes back with a split, uh, with a spin kick to a chair into Sabu. RVD follows a somersault senton to Sabu onto the floor. He recovers and hits a springboard leg lariat into the barricade. Sabu sits up a table bridge and puts RVD on it, but RVD slides off. So Sabu flies over the table into him into the crowd instead. These guys are just fucking nuts right now out there. Just doing all kinds of crazy shit. 
RVD recovers as Sabu climbs in the ring, and RVD stands on the table, allowing Sabu to springboard off the top and DDT him through the table. Ugh. Like we saw against Mikey, but we keep rolling as Sabu shoves RVD in the back and covers for two, and then tries a triple jump, but the rope gives out again, and he crotches himself, so RVD drop kicks him to the floor outside. RVD drops Sabu on the railing on his ribs. Back inside we go as Sabu comes off the top rope, and it's a DDT as he comes flying in. RVD kicks out. Sabu heads up top again, but RVD meets him and takes him off of the Fisherman's Buster for two. Sabu gets a Fisherman's Buster now as they head up top of the chair and crushes RVD with an Atomic Arabian Face Buster for the win. We get a long dramatic post-match as both guys are stretched out, and Joey narrates everything that we just went through to see that Sabu victory. Just a war. Uh, definitely a notch above their first match. Had much bigger bumps. It felt like a real battle of attrition. Just two guys emptying it out. The degree of difficulty really ramped up as well with the broken top rope. So extra mm-hmm. credit for them there. They did not shy away. Uh, Sabu gets his revenge, but both men are left in a heap of broken bones. And the crowd loved it as well. So, Maddie, I went four stars on this. Uh, just a great, great match between these two guys who just really emptied the tank and got extra creative given the the ring issues. So uh, before I get into the match, I, I think if I remembering correctly, during that one hour delay, I, I think this is when they do that famous or infamous, I guess, depending on your point of view uh, thing where Heyman sent a uh, Kimona out to strip in front of the crowd to kill time. I think that was during that, that one hour delay where she does the strip tease in the crowd. Not the night on top of the arena, though. That was different night, right? Right. I think so. That's so. I, 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 the top, top of the ECW. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's later. But OK, yeah, maybe. Yep. I think it was during this, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, these guys were put in a, uh, a rather impossible spot here. I mean, you get the hour long delay. So you got to figure that it was probably what, like midnight when this show went on, when this match went on, probably. So you have that the crowd was a little cooked because of the, uh, the delay. And then like two minutes in the fucking rope breaks again. So you got to deal with with that but at that point i think both guys were just like you know what fuck it we want to have this match so we're just going to throw into the ropes as if they're fine especially sabu doing that fucking triple jump moonsault on the broken ropes my god you insane person you but yeah i mean i like this one more because it felt more like a fight which makes sense given how the story has gone and how the feud has gone over the past couple of weeks i mean again like every sabu match crazy spots i mean suicide Side dives, another DDT. I mean, he, he, it turns out Sad, uh, Sabu is uh, rather crazy. Uh, who knew? And then, uh, you know, eventually by the end of the match, they're just dropping each other on their he- on each other's heads. And it's like, all right, well, uh, this is what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I really like how after the match is over, they're both stretched out to put over just how uh, nasty and brutal this match was. And, uh, yeah, just for me, this is the best match they've had, especially when you factor in uh, the spot they were in. Yeah, uh, great match, a great way to end the show. I am at three and a half on this. So, Matt, I think you're right. I think this is the night she, she danced the top of the arena. Right. Um, I, th- I, th- it up. I thought I read that uh, recently, that like because it was literally an hour delay. So it's like, well, we, we got to keep people here. Come on, go strip, go strip on the crow's nest. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I thought she danced on the roof when they said that. The top the ECW arena, but I guess it was the crow's nest. Um, <laughs> the crew, I like people gave, in the building somehow. 
So the deal, the whole deal was she ended up quitting because of it, because right. they told her that the, so this is, I guess, our last show for us, but they told her that the cameras would not be rolling. And then they used it to sell a later a VHS copy, um, Extreme Warfare Volume 2. And that's, mm-hmm. I guess the ad must come later where they do end up saying, um, you know, instead of him sad, they had a million fucking times, right? That the night Komodo right. Wanalea danced to top right. of the WWE arena. Right. So she ends again pissed that, you know, she found out they filmed it and ended up using it. So um, that's that. But yeah, this, I did not even put that together. This is the night that she danced to top of the arena. So there you go. And you can find this, the, uh, the strip tease. It is out there. Oh, is it? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, so I feel like I wish I didn't know that because that makes me sad um that they fucked her over like that um but i mean never the worker yeah what are you gonna do um this was insane so i talked a little bit about um like sabu's sort of lack of emotion in most matches except for with mikey this was the exact opposite of that (laughs) it was like lots of hate like lots of i don't give a fuck sabu don't give a fuck (laughs) Mm -hmm. he he just does like just does the thing and usually it just feels cold this felt hot and like he just wanted to hurt rvd and rvd doesn't give a fuck either like he's just like let's go old man and that's what they do i'm just absolute sick spots um brutal he's insane the the standing table spot deal oh okay yeah that was i thought rvd was neck was broken after that like (laughs) the way he landed was crazy um i love the chaotic um air of the ropes breaking and then it just feels real improvised after that which i like Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because they just kind of roll with it like they just kind of know what to do and they just keep on with it and i i really love that like i i think it adds a lot to the story and to the match but um i i had originally went three and three quarter i think i'm gonna go the four um the more i think about it and i feel like it probably is their best match um but i do feel bad for kimono now yeah, I don't know if this is the last. I think we do see her at least again. So maybe it wasn't until the tape gets released that she quits, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to look into that, Matt, and try and see exactly when the time mm-hmm. is that she's done. But as of right now, anyway, you know, they filmed it. Maybe she didn't realize it, but then they're going to use it. Um, use it on the tape and piss her off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that will lead to that. But well, for now, anyway, she put on a show for the local fans. Like a queen. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, that'll do it for Hardcore Heaven 1996. Why don't we get into our awards? Uh, match of the Nights went with RVD and Sabu. I mean, I feel like there's, like, just based on match grade probably, but there's some decent competition here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I will go Sabu match. I will go Raven Gordy. Yeah, that's true. All right, worst match uh, to me was easily the Samoan Gangster Party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Best moment, I went with Peaches and Tyler. uh, (gasps) And Tommy's epic chokeslam bump, which along with the Komodo dancing atop the ACW Rito was another (laughs) memorable moment that you'll see a million times here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how you choose um, 
this this show is full of of insane moments, but mm-hmm. the return of Peaches has got to take the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went with uh, same as you, JT, Sandman's Kid, and then Brian Lee's uh, Chokeslam to Dreamer. All right, most 90s, I went with Blue Dust and Sal Balomo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I had anything for 90s. Oh, I could go with, um, let's go with Missy's Red Dress. So during the uh, the outside portion of Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Lee, uh, there was a sign in the background. It was the old Wendy's logo from the 90s. So, uh, <laughs> that, that to me was the most 90s. We were struggling for that category. Yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> All right, stock rising. I went Mikey, Taz, Gordy, Raven, Pitbull 2, and Jericho. All had big nights. Yeah. Um, Dreamer, too. I would add Stevie and Meanie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, stock falling. I went with Joel Gertner, Sabalomo, Paul Marlins for sure, and the Samoan Gangsta Party. He did not look great in there in debut here. Yeah, and uh, let's add um, Mr. Ortiz as well because he sort of fucked up as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're uh, we're getting close to. We may have to add uh, Rotten and Myers too because they're getting the shit kicked <gasps> out of them. I'm, I'm sorry, Jack. Yeah. They lost to the Samoan Gangster Party. I know, but. <laughs> All right. And final grade. Uh, again, a, I mean, a very good show. We continue to turn them out. The hallmark of ECW continues to be classic moments mixed in with a couple of big matches and then just filling the card out with other kind of memorable characters and stories so we got that again we got how many you know classic moment classic moment classic moments like we're constantly saying it this is all these shows have it so i went seven and a half out of ten it's a really good show uh i gotta go the whole uh, tit no i gotta do eight out of ten yeah, uh, for me, this is the best show I've watched uh, for the pod so far. So I also went seven and a half out of ten. All right. Well, some big stuff definitely happened. We have a big angle going on right now in the world title picture. We have uh, the TV title department is on uh, is on fire. The tag titles are you know brewing, simmering hardcore for eliminators and gangsters. We have uh, you know lock on our dreamer and Lee and all that stuff. So many things brewing here. Taz calling us Sabu. So, you know, we'll see. On our next episode, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll have three more episodes of television. And then a month from tonight, we'll cover Heatwave 96, another big show. So lots going on here as we move through the summer of 96 on ECW. I am JT. That's Jenny. That's Matt. We're out. Stay extreme. Talk to you in two weeks.